Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Forward, uh, everything that God is orchestrating, divinely aligning for my life. Um, so welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. I'm Lakeisha Johnson, your hostess with the mostest for today. And we're getting ready to get started in just a few minutes. If you are just logging on, just tuning in, give us a shout out, share it, share it, put it somewhere else. Allow someone else to join in on this experience with you. See my Instagram family saying, hey, good morning, y'all. Hey, Ev, hey, Banner. How y'all doing this morning? See my YouTube family logging in and definitely my Facebook. Hey, Edie, love you. Uh, Facebook family logging in this morning. What's up, D? Good morning. Uh, I received that. I received that. I received that. I promise I do. Tammy Lasker, Jamaica Moore. Hey, Lakeisha. Good morning. Hey, Kaya. How y'all doing? Deshaun, I see y'all all coming in. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Man, we're going to um, we're gonna talk a little bit this morning about uh, kind of continuing where we are and what that looks like. We were talking about the grow up yesterday and I was laughing this morning. I wrote the title on on YouTube, the grow up is your glow up. Because everyone always talks about, oh, I, I'm glowing up, I'm moving up, I'm growing. And um, the, matur- the maturation or maturing uh, is a part of this process. Um, before I start prayer this morning, I want to dedicate today's show to my friend Karen Hayes. Um, she passed suddenly <laughs> this week, um, and she was so instrumental in my life. She, a lot of people don't know that I'm a poet as well. And she was the first person to push me outside my comfort zone to get my, my voice out through poetry. And so I found out last night that Karen passed away and it was really sobering. Um, I remember one of my sons walked in and he's like, why are you crying? Um, but it reminded me of what we taught on what's in between the dash, what's between your birth date and your death date. How many petty things are you consumed and uh, focused on? And uh, how long are you going to be focused on the and consumed on these petty things? Or are you going to make a decision to grow up and let all of that mess that you've been focused on go away? I don't think we know how much we're hindered by negative thoughts, by negative energy, by the time that we spend being petty and... It's just, it's just like, I mean, it's just crazy. So that was like, and Karen was young. So that just blew my mind a little bit, but it brought it into perspective of um, how much we should be loving, how much we should um, be thoughtful of the next person. It brought the word in this perspective for me even deeper last night. So I'm just saying to you, um, don't waste no more time. Don't think you have until tomorrow. Don't uh, put yourself in a position to begin to pursue your purpose, to do the greater work on you. Stop thinking you got opportunity and you got opportunity time. She went in for a minor procedure, right? She went in for a minor procedure, wasn't feeling good the next day, went back in and died <laughs> and died. And so it just was like, man, we don't, we don't have time. We don't have time to waste and we think we do. So again, what's it, what's in your dash? And the dash is the time span between your birth date and death date. What are you do? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, Lacor. Let your dash mean something. 
Let your dash mean something. You got to think about that. That's part of the maturation process. That's part of the growth process. That's part of your, if you really want your glow up, if you really want to walk into the fullness of what you're going to walk into, that's part of that process is you taking the time and spending the time to grow up. So y'all do me a favor, share the video. Y'all put some prayers out for Karen Hayes, for all of us though that were impacted by us. She impacted so many of us. She was hosting poetry slams all throughout the state. Amazing writer, amazing woman. Like I loved it, this woman. You just couldn't meet this woman and not um, love this woman. But I, I'm telling you, the death gave me further perspective. So let's pray and get started um, with this day. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for a sound mind. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your joy. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for you waking us up this morning. We thank you for food in our fridge and gas in our car. We thank you, Father God, just for you not leaving us or forsaking us. We thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Father God, from your for your power that comes from on high, Lord God. We're lifting you up this morning, Lord God, and we're just saying thank you. We're just blessing your name. We're praising you, Father. Father, we're going to repent if we've been taking your, your grace, your mercy, your brand new mercies for granted, taking our friends, our loved ones, our family, members for granted, Lord God. We're going to repent this morning. We're going to set the record straight, straight, Lord God. We're going to open ourselves up to receive the Holy Spirit this morning, Lord God, so we can grow in you, Lord God. We're tired of lacking. We're tired of holes. We're tired of gaps. We're just laying ourselves at the feet. We're just giving you Holy Spirit permission this morning to go and do the greater work. Permission this morning to go and stir us up. Permission this morning to show us the ways in our hearts and our mind and our spirit and our soul that do not align with you, Father. That do not align with you, Father. Correct us, groom us, prune us. You said if we abide in you and you abide in us, Lord God, that you had to do. There had to be work. There had to be pruning. The only way that we were going to be able to fulfill our purpose on this earth is that we continuously sit at your feet. We thank you, Lord God, for um, light and love this morning. I pray for Karen's family, her friends, and everyone impacted, Father God, by her life. Give them hope. Give them courage, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for just your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. It's funny, um, Ronald Perry, you, you, you're right. Karen lived a life like a city on the hill. She did. <laughs> she lived a life like a city on the hill, and her light couldn't be hidden. It, that That's powerful within itself, um, and that scripture is powerful within itself. Being like a city on the hill or let your light... We were sent here to dispel darkness. We were sent here to be the evidence, um, the evidence of God here on this earth. But if we are spending or wasting time on pettiness and on our fleshly things and on stuff that doesn't add up and stuff that doesn't matter, we're missing the opportunity to be an extension of Christ on this earth. You are not just created for yourself. You are not just created for yourself. And so it's time for us um, to allow God to do the greater work, make, to do the greater work in us for kingdom. And you don't, like what I told you this morning about my friend Karen, you don't have time for excuses. 
Like today, throw out all your excuses. Today, make the decision and say, you know what? I'm through arguing. I'm through fighting. Um, I'm through uh, being petty. I'm through being dissentious. I'm through. Stop justifying your behaviors. Well, they looked at me wrong. It don't matter who looked at you wrong. It don't matter who said what about you. You make the decision to be in love. You make the decision to be peaceful. I told you yesterday in Hebrews 6, 1 and 3, it says, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washings, the laying of hands, the resurrection of the dead and internal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. And we already know that Christ said that we would go ahead and do a greater work than him. And so it's just time for us to make some decisions. And you say, you know what, man, I've probably been doing this thing a little bit longer than I should. And it's time for me to to increase my capacity to be what God is. But that's a choice and a decision. Some of y'all been sitting around waiting on God to make a move and God waiting on you to make a move. God, God, God is waiting on you. God is like, my gosh, I've given you the word. I've given you teachers. I've given you preachers. I've given you every skill set that you need to move you to the next level. And I just need you to make a decision to stop making excuses. There is no lukewarm. There is no, I'm going to live for God, but I might be a, no, it's either here or there. Ain't no half. I, I, there's funny because there's a saying saying there's, ain't, there ain't no halfway crooks. It ain't no halfway Christians. It ain't no halfway Christians. You either for Christ or you against Christ. Ain't no lukewarmness. Ain't no in between. And this ain't about being judgmental. This is about selling out. This is about being sold out. This is really living in, in what we're supposed to. The kingdom has these gaps, these holes, these glitches. Um, I saw pictures of the homeless in the snow. Well, the reason we got pe people living outside still in the streets is because people won't get in position. Like people won't get in position. My ministry, LMJ Ministries, is sitting here to serve. We have a we have something called MIA Ministry in Action. We focus on homeless and women. I had a woman in need the other day, and we we sow seeds and we don't brag a lot about what we do, but we follow after God's heart in serving the people. And serving the people. Well, I had time to be caught up in what we don't have or what we're missing. My whole, my whole ministry team, we just own something else this year because we feel the pressure of God. And what I don't want to do is be in this situation where God and I are having this conversation later because I'm making an excuse about what I don't have or what I'm lacking. Do you know if you will get in position? My God, he said he'll give seed to the sower. Do you know if you'll make a decision to get in position, God will position himself to do absolutely everything he needs to do for you. Most of us are not getting what we need to receive from Christ because we're not in position. We're not in position. You haven't shifted into position. You haven't put your game face on. You're easily swayed. You're easily moved. Let somebody look at you wrong and you'll abandon everything that you're supposed to do. Let somebody not like your post or somebody not um, respond to something you said and you'll abandon everything that you're supposed to do. You abandon friendships. You abandon relationships. You abandon your assignment because you're not steadfast in what God said. Everything that God said about you is a yes and an amen. It's a promise. So if God promised you something, why are we spending so much time in the excuses? Like, why are we spending so much time in the excuses? Well, I don't have that. Well, I don't but God already gave you a promise. God already told you about your future. Some of y'all know very clearly, very well what God has called you to do. Some of y'all know clearly, like you know very well that God, what God has called you to do. Like he, 
He, he's already called. You already know what you're supposed to be doing. But you keep saying, well, I'm just waiting on him to make a move. And he's like, I'm, make, I'm waiting on you to make a move. See, usually how God operates is when you step out in faith, when you make a decision, when you move forward, then he moves. He ain't sitting there like when you have an infant baby with his hands out going, come to daddy. He's waiting to see if you're going to trust him. He's waiting to see if you're going to trust him. God is tired. I'm just being honest. Of every time somebody steps on our toes, um, that we don't go get wisdom. Um, we don't go get understanding. We don't get go get knowledge. I told you it's time out. We threw with feel good messages that make us feel good for a minute. And then we in the same position next week. We're in the same position. Oh, no, we got to make a decision. You know what? We can really grow up. We're going to spend a little bit more time in the Word. We're going to abandon ourselves. I love God because God, God gets irritated with some things we do, but he's so patient. He's so patient. He's so patient enough to walk us through every season. Romans 5, 3, and 4 says, More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Remember, we started yesterday complete, right? Mature and lacking nothing. You've got to go through your process. You've got to go through your process to get where you're going. Can I tell you something? You have to be completely processed out. If you are not completely processed out, then what happens is you'll put yourself in the danger zone. And God is trying to complete the process. Some of us still need healings in places in which we're still broken. But we don't want to spend the time on the healing. We don't want to spend the time on the healing. We want to patch and we want a patch, and the Lord is like, I can't patch you. I can't patch you this time around. I can't just put a Band-Aid on that. See, that wound, that sore looks a little infected. That thing needs a little nurturing. You might have to get some antibiotics. Your system may be a little septic. Your system may be a little septic. And so the Lord is like, nah, I got to handle this thing with you a little bit differently. I can't afford to let, let you up off my offering table, this, I'm up, off my operating table so quickly. I can't afford to let you walk away half done. Can you imagine if you walked into someone and they only had half of a face or half of a body and they were missing the other complete side of them? They were only functioning with one arm and one leg and one side, side half, half of our face. That's what happens when we don't want to let, allow God the opportunity to process. You have got to let go and let him complete the process. That's why it says that more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. For the call of your life, we were in Bible study Tuesday, and I told him, I said, my pain was for your purpose. There is probably pretty much nothing that I haven't been through that some other person hasn't experienced. Like, that's just being real. There's probably nothing that I haven't been through. There is probably nothing, and I know my pain was for somebody else's purpose. I didn't understand it, but I've been able to walk through every season and everything, season that I've walked through. I've seen Romans 8 and 28. All things are working together for the good of those that love the Lord. And so in this complete, mature, and lacking nothing, he needs you to stay on the table. He needs you to stay on the table. Sometimes we start feeling like a little bit better, and then we get up and we're ready to take off. Or like when they give you a prescription and they tell you to take all your antibiotics, and you don't want to take all your antibiotics because you start feeling a little bit better and you don't think all your antibiotics are necessary. God is like, no, I need you to keep let me do the perfect work in you. He keeps pushing you back down on the table and you get, oh, no, I'm better, I'm better, I'm better, I'm better. I don't need this treatment. I don't, I don't need to go through this. I just need you to make me feel good and put, push, push on. And the Lord is like, I'm telling you, you incomplete. 
I'm telling you, you still got a greater work to do. I'm telling you what I see in your heart. I'm telling you, you need to spend more time fasting. I'm telling you, you need to spend more time praying. I'm, I'm telling you, you need to spend a little bit more time sitting still. Sometimes you don't even know if God is trying to talk to you about a certain situation or not because you're moving so fast. James 1, um, and you can read 1 through 27, James was serving of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness has, have its full effect. Do you know what that scripture is saying? That scripture is so powerful. What it's saying is when you go through trials, they'll position you where you won't even move. See, see, you'll, 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 you'll have some wisdom to you so that when a trial come up, you, you won't be consumed that your refrigerator looks low because you remember that God provides. You, you won't be consumed. You're going to be like, no, absolutely not. I know without a doubt God provides for me. You're not going to be consumed and overconsumed when people start calling you about bills because you know God provides, especially when you know you're doing absolutely everything God asks you to do. When you're doing absolutely everything, when you're tithing, when you're seesawing, when you're in God's will for your life, it's not on you, it's on God. It's not on you. And so in your trial, steadfastness, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Go on and, go on and learn what you need to learn. Go on and get what you need to get. That strength is going to bring, bring up an endurance for you because I'm telling you, trials and tests come on every level. Trials and tests come on every level. Every time you elevate, every time success, more money, more problems. <laughs> more money, more problems. I, I, more money, more money, more problems. When Biggie and Puff wrote that song, they don't, they don't even know. They don't even get. I don't know what they want from me. It's more, the more money that we talk about, the more problems we see. People think that money is just going to resolve or end the solution. I promise you, more money, more problems. More, more things that you're going to have to come up. More temptations you're going to have to fight. But I promise you, when you're single, for those of you that are believing to get married, the, some of the struggle will go away. When you get married, you'll find all kinds of temptation coming at you to, to get you to disrupt your marriage. So it's, it's a situation, it's a circumstance that's always going to be presented to you. So you got to be steadfast. Let it have its full effect that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks a wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. All you got to do is involve the Holy Spirit on every level, every transition. Luke 2.52 says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. Asking God, give me the wisdom for my finances. Give me the wisdom for my children. Give me the wisdom for our marriage. We leave him out of so many circumstances until a blow up occurs. And then we like, Lord, I need you. And the Lord is like, um, I've been trying to be in part of this situation all along. Like I was trying to be a part of your marriage. Like I was trying to help you raise your kids. Like I was trying to talk to you about your finances. Like I've been trying to be a part of this. And now you need me to rescue you. And I am. Because that's the kind of God we serve. I am. I don't. He might come in. Sometimes I think he comes in when he feels like it. It's definitely not on our timing. Right? He's like, I got you. I'm going to get you. But I've been trying to be a part of this process on the loan. And if you'd have sought me for wisdom and you'd have sought me for understanding and you'd have sought me, if you'd have sought me out, we could have been past some of this a long time ago. I remember my granny used to say something to me. He's like, he's, she was like, you got to sit still. And at first I didn't understand it because I'm a mover and a shaker. I'm like, I'm, bou I'm bouncing, I'm bopping, I'm moving. My granny used to say, she's like, Lakeisha, you got to learn how to sit still. Some, sit down somewhere. You got to learn how to sit still sometimes. 
And I know, I know now in my maturity what Granny was trying to say to me. God's voice is so small, so quiet, so still. If you constantly run in your mouth, if you constantly on the move, you're going to miss what he's trying to give you for this next season in your life. He's going to miss you. He's gonna, you're going to miss it. You're going to do you, what, how you operated on one level. It's not how you operate on what, how I operated in coffee and conversations or at home. Uh, I have to comb my hair. I have to get dressed now. JC is molding me and grooming me saying, Lakeisha, these are the things that you change. These are the things that you need to fix. It was different for radio. You don't leave dry airtime. You don't leave time where you're not speaking. So there's a wisdom at every level. When I raised my older sons, there was a, a different expectation I have for them. Now that my Josiah is 14, I have a different way of dealing with him because I learned in steadfastness from the mistakes that I made from his brothers. There's a wisdom coming to you. The, the, here's what happens. We'll get part of the vision. And if we get part of the vision, I don't, right, right now, well, here's the funny thing. I don't believe that he make, his, lay down, his laying down in green pastures is something different. I don't believe God causes illness. I don't believe God causes heart. But what I do believe is when you don't sit still or when you don't sit down or when you don't yield to the Holy Spirit, what you do is open up the door for calamity. Because see what God is saying, I'm he'll put his arms around you. I'm trying to protect you. Stay right here. Stay. Listen to me. Don't move yet. Don't start that business yet. Don't, don't, don't make that partnership. Don't enter into that relationship. Don't say that. The Lord is shielding you saying don't say that. And then you still, you steady bucking up against him like, nah, I got it. I know what I'm doing. And then as soon as you buck up against him, I think after a while, God says, oh, okay, you know better than me. Let me take my hands off this situation. See, Psalms 91, he who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When we're dwelling in his secret place, we're abiding in his shadow. But as soon as we stop dwelling in the secret place and we get out there on our own, we're no longer in his shadow. My God, we're no longer in his shadow. We're no longer in position. We've gotten ourselves out of the realm of his protection. And then we'll try to charge God or blame God or be like, Lord, Lord, just teaching me a lesson through six. It doesn't benefit God for you to be sick. The glory he gets is out of you being healed. That's where he gets the glory out of you being healed. His making you lie down in green pastures is calling you to rest, is leading you to a place of rest. That's you being sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to hear him say what he's saying to you in this season. But if you won't sit still, you won't. A lot of times we're not asking enough questions. We start moving. We're not asking him for more wisdom in a situation. We're walking in incompleteness and we don't even realize it. We don't even realize we complete. we're incomplete. We don't realize we're mature and lacking. We're, we're not, we're doing. And so we walk into decisions half prepared, a new job half prepared, ministry half prepared, retirement half prepared, marriage half prepared, parenting half prepared, because we didn't let the word, word do the work in us. <laughs> We didn't let the word do the work in us. Anybody, anytime, anytime somebody starts telling me, anytime somebody t starts talking to me about, uh, I, you know, I feel like the Lord is calling me in ministry. I'm like, pray, <laughs> pray like all day, fast and pray over it. Pray and know for a fact that you've heard him. Now pray and know for a fact that you've heard him. Pray and know for a fact. Anybody time someone starts talking to me about opening a new business, I'm like, pray and know for a fact. Entrepreneurship ain't for the faint and hard. Entrepreneurship ain't for the... Pastoring ain't for the faint and hard. Marriage ain't for the faint and hard. Raising kids ain't for the faint and hard. 
There's a certain steadfastness. That's why I tell people all the time, enjoy your singleness. Because there's something God's trying to develop in you so that when you do get married, you'll be prepared for marriage at, at another level. When people try to give me advice that they ain't never been married before just because they've been dating and all of that stuff, I'm like, baby, marriage is a different thing. That's a different covenant. You can't walk out of that circumstances. You can't walk away from that situation. Now, I don't want to be Melissa half prepared for anything, but that's what happens when we don't let steadfastness do the work in us, when we don't allow him to do the work. 1 Corinthians 2 and 6 says, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age, we are doomed to pass away. You don't need this age wisdom. You don't need the wisdom of your friends that's not spending no time with the Holy Ghost. I don't care how wise or how popular they seem. If they don't have a, a Holy Ghost or a Holy Spirit in them, you don't need that kind of wisdom. You need a wisdom that comes from above. Hebrews 5 and 14 says, but solid food is for the mature. We talked about that. For those who have their powers of discernment, discernment, trained by constant practice to distinguish between good and evil. Discernment is trained. Discernment is not suspicion. Discernment is trained by, trained by constant practice. Constant practice between good and evil. That includes you spending time with the Lord. That includes you spending time with the Holy Spirit. So tell, go to tell your neighbor, get back on the table. <laughs> go to tell your neighbor, get back on the table. Go on and get back and let God finish this work in you. Go on and endure that situation. Go on and, go on and hang out. Go on and chill out. Go on and let God work a little bit more on you. Go on and finish this process out. Go on and tell your neighbor. Go on and get back on that table. Just go on and get back on the table. See, because if you're going to get back on this table and let him do the greater work in you, what's going to happen is you're going to prevent yourself from running into some of the heartache and the hardship that you would, right? That you, that you would experience from allowing him to do this work. Matthew 5 and 48 says, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God always provides a way of escape. I love that, Letitia. I'm the same way. I'm back on the table. I'm back. I'm back on the table. I'm gonna let him do a work in me. I'm gonna let him process out. I'm gonna let him do. Now I'm gonna tell you, being on the table, surgery ain't comfortable. There's a healing. I had process. I had surgery on both my feet. The healing process was something else. But one of my feet, I tried to move too fast, and I had greater complications. The other foot, I let heal properly. The foot I tried to move too fast, I had greater complications. So go ahead and get back on that table. Just go ahead. Proverbs 9 and 9, give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18 says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. Can I share this with y'all? You cannot afford to have people in your life that are lawless because somebody's going to influence the other person. And if you're not strong enough, if you're not developed enough, if you're not wise enough, you'll find yourself in a situation where your stability, my God, is compromised. Your stability will be compromised. I'm very careful about who's close and around me. I'm very careful about who I'm vulnerable and transparent to. I'm very careful about who's in my, in, my, my intimate circle. 
I'm very careful. And the reason being is because if you're around lawless people, you're going to lose your stability. No, you can't be saved and date a sinner. I'm just going to be real this morning. And I know some of us do it and be like, oh, I think I can save them. No, you can't be saved and date a sinner, right? Luke 8 and 14, it says, as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. I told you yesterday, the things that keep us from being whole, complacency, false measurements, no desire for correction, no need for Jesus, you're your own savior and lack of communication from the Holy Spirit. I want to challenge y'all on something and I'm being serious. I want to challenge some of y'all to pull away from social media a little bit. Take the next 30 days. If you got to make one post, make that one post. I'm not going to tell you not be on social media at all. I'm going to tell you to pull away. If you're going to make one post, make that one post and then stay off social media for the rest of the day. You're going to have to. Can I tell you something I've been learning? You pick up images on social media and they impact you whether you know it or not. They impact you whether you know it or not. You're consuming those in images in your eye gate. Some of y'all need a break from social media so that you can detox your system. God has been looking for you and wants to say something to you, and you are distracted. You are distracted. Some of you, some of you need to level up, and you can't level up because you're so consumed by what's around you. So I just want to challenge you. I'll take it with you. Post only one time a day. <laughs> Stay on only for what you need, right? You come on in the morning, you get on in the morning. We do coffee and conversations in the morning. If you're a poster, go on and make your daily encouragement post and then get your butt right off of social media and stay off social media for the rest of the day. Treat, treat it like that. Some of y'all need to detox your system so that you can hear God. Some of y'all are spending, if you, if you monitored your screen time, monitor your social media time, you would see that you are on social media way too often. You are on social media way too often. And God is like, eh, we got to take some control and do something a little bit different about that. So I just want to challenge you in that. Hey, it's February. It's the month of love. I'm so Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.